0: Welcome to another episode of Holy Commutes the Wednesday edition hosted by myself Trent Steffes and my brother Austin Steffes Austin welcome Thank you Trent great to see you here on this morning We out here it's Wednesday morning it's the Wednesday after you with um, a lot of great stuff this weekend wow. obviously we're just going to keep talking you It's basically just you with month here um, very deservedly so you had Tim and Paul breaking down the jugs repeating earlier on earlier this week on Monday and then yesterday, he had Texas Tim breaking down the Texas teams, the incredible showing from—I mean, Texas all around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because he had
0: the two Texas teams, obviously, uh, Anarchy going toe to toe with uh, Cooper Ruckle, and uh, who's also from Texas on the Canes. Punishment. Yeah. What I say. You said Anarchy. Oh yeah, my bad. Punishment. Um, just. <laughs> just. Uh, just. Yeah. Similar names. Yeah. Um. And then you had TC35, you know, beating C4 twice in a day. And also the suspects and then going to the... Who did they beat on Sunday? Suspects? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. They lost to the Canes, didn't they? TC35? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still incredible uh, incredible run for them. So Tim broke that down. And uh, what we're going to do since, I mean, there was so much whiffle this weekend. And, I mean, we're, we can't... We were playing and stuff, so we can't really cover all of it. We're going to be covering the jerseys, and I mean, the jerseys out there were just... I was blown away with uh, the amount of good jerseys out there this year. This is definitely the best year for jerseys, 100%. I mean, the best tournament, and and any tournament like I've been in, this has been the best jerseys for it. I mean, we're not doing it today because we need to do this justice. And it might not even be next week because we need to assemble the list... We need to go through and rank it right. And, mm-hmm. s- and then we're going to like, you know, the the with the effort that teams put into the jerseys of this year, I want to put in that effort to the ranking to reflect that. And we can't do that uh, with just a few days turnaround. And so what we're going to be doing today is uh, just kind of going through. We each made a list of five things that stood out to us this weekend. We're just going to be going back and forth, you know, another little list podcast, nice and easy. And uh, keep it light. Keep it light, you bitch. Nice and uh, nice and stuff. Nice and light stuff mm-hmm. here on your Wednesday morning. So I'll have you go first. Awesome. So first for me was just the Friday night fest. Um, it was incredible
1: seeing the home run derby as always. Um, it did not disappoint as we saw Grant Miller take it home. That was a I think a shock for a lot of people. I don't I don't think a lot of people. I thought a lot of people saw Jordan taking it home again. So. Really cool to see there, and then also MLW's fan fest going on, concurrent with the Home Run Derby, just seeing a lot of the fans and all the MLW players there. It was a really fun time just seeing that, just uh, just that view of the field with all, just all this going on was just incredible to see. And then hanging out with people that we haven't seen in a year or people that we haven't seen in a few years was really nice, and then meeting new people too. It was really fun this year, so... Yeah, I had a great time on Friday night, and it was a great way to start the weekend.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, seeing, you know, seeing new old friends that, you know, we don't see all that often, and then making new ones is just incredible, you know? Um, and it's never lost on me, you know, getting to see these guys that I basically grew up and idolized watching Wiffle, you know, through Palisades and other stuff like that, throughout the years, and then now, like, being on not only a first-name basis, but friends with them, you know? It's pretty, pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just getting to m- kind of meet, you know, I met and kind of like became friends with some more legends this weekend, like Anthony DiDio, Kenny Rogers Jr., Dev Torres, like those are guys that I didn't really know going into the tournament all that well. And uh, yeah, now I feel like I'll probably be buds at tournaments coming up. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, that, that's something that's definitely never lost on me. And it's, you know, for, for a lot of people, I, I don't know if that's something that is as, as much of a big deal to a lot of people out there because so many people, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speculate on how many teams like play East Coast out there, but like so many teams out there, like they play each other all, all year, whether it's an MAW or East Coast Wiffle or Golden Stick or just any other kind of whiff or Gaul, you know, the Gaul Fall League, anything, any other kind of thing, you know, a lot of these guys are around each other all summer and all fall. And so... Um, it's just so special to us who aren't doing, you know this these type of events with this crowd all the time. Like it's so special for us to come out there and be a part of that for such a for such a huge weekend. Um, you know that's just something that I hope it's not lost on them because it's so huge for us, you know, just to go out there and have this experience. And you know we we hope to have more actual playing experience coming up in the future with this kind of style, but You know, just being around that atmosphere and that group of guys and you know, and like you said, the people who are running that, you know, those guys get to go to cook run tournaments all summer, which is just such a luxury. I can't imagine what that's like. So yeah, that's something that certainly stands out for me as well. And since you kind of mentioned it, I just want to talk more about that final round. This is my number five because I thought it was totally electric. The finals between Grant Miller and Chris Sarnowski, AKA Red. Because, uh, you know, you had Jordan fall out earlier than people thought. You know, Jordan had won the last two UWF home run derbies and he was obviously the favorite going in, very deservedly so. And there were a lot of great home run hitters in in the field. But um, to have it come down to Red, who's someone that I'm sure, you know, has respect hitting home runs, which we obviously saw later in the tournament. Um, But to see kind of him come out, as the de facto East Coast guy and then Grant Miller, you know, repping the Midwest and going I think further than any Midwest guy has gone at the UF um, home run derby. I know Sam Skibby had gone deep um, before and um and I know that Tyler Flackney has been came, in the came out
1: around the first shoot. Did too. he? Yeah.
0: Did he make the final three though? No. Yeah. And then I know that Tyler made Tyler Flackney made the final three in like twenty sixteen, but that was fast plastic. Mm. Um, but yeah so to see uh, grant make it that far and then to win it and to re- win it in such a dramatic way he set the bar really high with 27 in red just had an amazing round to follow it up and got all the way to 26 and i mean i would i was like i was re- i was praying for another home run to go over that wall because i would l- i would have loved to see extra time between those two hitters because yeah. they were just putting on such a show and it wasn't as many home runs as i think robles hit the year before but just that final matchup really kind of stands out to me because like home run derbies really aren't that aren't all that entertaining to myself personally and so when you have two people going head to head like that in such a dramatic way for the money like mm-hmm. that is yeah.
1: awesome yeah and i don't even think like uh, the specific amount of home runs take, like really matters like how many is it i just think as long as it's close and it's like you're on your edge you see like oh who's gonna win this because it is a lot of money for someone, one, uh, it, it makes a lot more exciting. And it was very electric this year.
0: Exactly. Like you said, edge of my seat. That's where I was for that home run derby final, which mm-hmm. is sick. What an amazing way to start off that tournament. Absolutely. And then um, my
1: next thing then uh, would just be specifically that same night, um, the food that, that is there that night. I, I just think it is always, uh, as it was the first two years, it, it, it just always is spot on. It's very good. I've always gotten that crab mac and cheese. And I wish we could like just have that kind of like all weekend because I think that food is so good and like the desserts and just like all their food is pretty, pretty good price and and pretty good. So but yeah, bur- that, that I don't know I don't know if that's catered or catered or what that who runs that exactly, but that that place is always outstanding.
0: Yeah, th- they had the same place last year. I do remember that. Yeah, the brownie was so good, and they had good burgers this year. It was yeah, and then I know that that mac and cheese just looked really good. I regret not, I'm not a big fan of seafood, but I regret not getting just like kind of regular mac and cheese. Right. So uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't know what that operation is, but whatever they're doing, they're doing it really well. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really cool that, I mean, good on them for, for that kind of weekend, for that to be one of the things that sticks out, Mm, (laughs) you know, the food. Big food guy. (laughs) Yeah. And so for me, the next thing that I really loved and kind of stuck out for me was the format change, going back to that 2020 format and having everybody start at the same Starting place, um, you know, everybody's on the same level. It just makes the games electric because you know we we had a great game to start it off. North Star's Black Dog, and that wouldn't have happened because black, you know, if Black Dog would have had would had advancement, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And it just it just it really it makes for way better matchups too because last year you had some big names sitting out. Well, this year, you know, those names were able to. You know, face off earlier in the day, and I mean, I I really wish I had matchups specifically mm-hmm. to like to remind people of. But I I mean, there were huge matchups in in the one o round or even or the two o round. So Teamhouse Jugs, that yeah, was,
1: that was a game. I mean, TC thirty five beating the the C first round is incredible too. Like a CCW
0: perfect game, the Jugs.
1: Yeah, but yeah, a CCW perfect game. Exactly, another one. Uh just. There was a, a lot, a lot of good games, and a lot, it's so hard to cover them. And obviously, as more of the videos come out, I mean, there's a lot of, a In, lot of, a lot of videos this year. So,
0: and so much of those games was possible because of the format and everybody starting out. And those like, you know, those teams that are on that same path, you know, whether it's 0 O two, two one, you know, they're all kind of matching up. And then that, that kind of bridge bracket between. The elimination bracket you know where everybody kind of gets that second chance the ones who didn't go oh three mm-hmm. uh that's another electric set and then you know um as far as you know saturday night i think it got that got late because of a marathon game but um you know beyond that i just i don't really i really liked the idea of that first round being played on saturday night and everybody having to you know not be able to rest on their laure- laurels and having to have that plan for Saturday night and it obviously worked for teams like it wasn't that huge of a deal because like we said um like we were saying Saturday night six out of the eight teams came in with fresh arms you know they had aces with fresh arms coming in and so uh yeah I just thought that this format really made a lot of cool matchups it made for a lot of you know broken hearts you know you think about teams like with Inc um, And it just – yeah, in C4, right? Because mm-hmm. they were done. Yeah. Black Dog. Jay was saying to us, he's like, this is the first time I haven't played on Sunday and since, like, 2014. So that – that, incri-
1: I mean, that, that game again, uh, that game uh, Jordan Robles had the only hit with that home run. Like, that game is so close. And then it's like either Black Dog or Phenoms was going to go home. Phenoms end up going to the championship. Like, that game had huge implications. and it's Yeah. Just, want a different hit the other way could have changed it and the whole weekend would have changed so
0: yeah for sure it uh, and honestly I think that again this all boils down to the fact that everybody started out at the same place yeah. nobody was sit- standing around waiting for these games to get done and then not playing until three o'clock and then being bounced by five o'clock you know that, t- or like us you know last year we like because there were so fewer games in that first round our our experience was just lost 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 tournament over you know we were done within three hours. You know, this year, you know, I think we we started at 9 and we were done by about 3. So, I mean, that's better, you know, at least. I, and, I mean, this is just trivial. This is just, you know, obviously we went 0-3. We're trying to find, like, <laughs> the silver linings. But we were, like, in it longer this year. It, or at least it felt like we were more competitive for longer this year. Um, And, I, you know, and again, so so top to bottom, there's positives. There's a lot of positives for this format. And I'm glad we went back to it. And I hope we keep it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, yeah
1: I think it, uh, to me it was the, it was just a lot more clear to like just see what was gonna happen and just kind of read the bracket and just was a lot less confusing with having the different routes or just even the years prior. So I really liked how it was done this year. So mm-hmm. um, my next thing would be the weather. I mean, I'll have easily the best year for if in terms of weather in York. On um, this time of the year, it was a lot sunnier and warmer. I think than people thought it would be and it was it was very nice i mean i think i actually got sunburned on saturday just not expecting to be there to be that much sun and uh, just it just being very nice nice and great temperatures for wiffle ball and i thought it was perfect just like high 60s mid 60s was was perfect temperature for it and you couldn't have asked for anything better so i made for a great weekend as well too
0: yeah, no, like you said, I definitely got sunburned on su- on Saturday, never would have thought that, you know, didn't have to worry about getting sunburned the first two years in October in Minnesota. We took, off, uh, we took off late on Friday morning because it was 32 degrees and snowing in Minnesota, so it was the first de-icing procedures of the year at the airport. So that's kind of where we were at, so why would, you know, and it's not like we're going on a winter trip to Mexico, you know, we're going to York, so... I mean, it, what a welcome sunburning was! Mm-hmm. It wasn't nasty or anything, but man, beautiful like, time of the year in in,
1: in York and this fall. So yeah,
0: and another thing to notice is just uh, that we noticed on the way in is that their trees, their leaves are still up, which is crazy because so many trees in Minnesota have lost their leaves because fall has just gone by in a blink. You know, um, we've had just some really whacked out seasons the past few years because we've had some severe droughts, um, and so just to fly in the Pennsylvanians, see these uh, you know trees that are still dark green and not like everything is changed to red and orange and yellow and brown. People and then, think
1: we sound crazy right now. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, but then,
0: and then also another thing I mentioned was how much healthier their water was. It was just crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little <laughs> supplemental thing that stuck out to me was uh the landscaping. Okay. Um, no, but for real, one thing I wanted to point out was just uh the abundance of fast pitching there was this weekend it seems like so many teams now have somebody who can throw so fast and that's you know a little egregious for saying for for a world championship tournament field but you know specifically you got guys mike styles was gunned at 102 in 103 reed werner on the other field at the same time wasn't being gunned but several people thought that he was throwing faster he was i i think he definitely hit 100 against uh who was that against? Who was their first round opponent? Ridley, Ridley Park Magic. Magic I think he yeah. was hitting hundred. And yeah. I mean, Brendan Boas in that same game. High nineties. Yeah. probably. <laughs> it's just it's just insane to see all these guys. And I hope that they're all keeping um, keeping their arms healthy. And I mean, I mean, Cam got into the mid nineties on Saturday. A lot uh, of guys. Tyler talking. was probably in the nineties. I'm going to talk about him a little later, but all the guys from Texas throw hard. Oh my gosh, it's wild. <laughs> punishment
1: and TC35. I mean, all those guys can throw. I mean, every team. And we're scared. leaving
0: out teams. And we're leaving I mean, out there's teams. And obvious of guys that throw just incredibly hard. Yeah, it seems like, like, like you have to throw. Robles had some. He reached back for some in his two games that were 96, it, 97. Yeah.
1: For sure. I mean, everyone. It seems like you you have to throw at least 90 plus if you want to be like in an ace, impact, picture, impact pitcher. And a few pitchers can use the the methods of throwing mm-hmm. it, of, of, of actually using finesse and yeah. of using slower and slower methods. But how about Ryan McElrath? Just how fast he throws too.
0: Yeah, seriously. He was up there Crazy. too.
1: Um, yeah. So for me, my four, or I guess second one, I, I put it a different way. My second one would be just the coverage in, The atmosphere of everything going on. I thought there was just a lot of just good amount of like camera work, um, photographers, videographers going around the use of Twitch and Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything for streaming. Um, There was just a lot of people watching, a lot of people tuning in, and a lot of good videos already out. People already dropping videos on YouTube. Um, uh, Nico from We Came For This. Mm -hmm. That kid was awesome. He was running around. He's 13 years old, like running around. Covering everything, like yeah. he's been to so many tournaments, like this is my first time like meeting him and like knowing who he is and he's just a very nice kid. Very nice person and he's very dedicated to what he does and his dad is also very nice too, so
0: Yeah, shout out to Gabe. Gabe is his dad who uh who brought him out there and uh yeah. He's having the time of his life. Like Dude, what a great what a
1: great experience to have to be able to do that and and, and just have like the people he gets to meet.
0: Yeah, that I think, I mean, you could see it on Nico's face pretty much the whole weekend. He was just having such a blast. And his dad definitely recognized that. You know, when I talked to him on Sunday, he goes, hey, he's just having a time of his life. And uh, that's just really incredible to hear and just so cool to be a part of, you know, because we've kept in touch even since, you know, we've texted about stuff. <laughs> We're trying to get him up for NWLA tournament in 2024 here in Minneapolis, you know, big Midwest showcase. So I'm going to try to get him up here for that. I think he's going to come. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Nico is just a guy. And, uh, you know, so many, there's so many people. Again, we're going to miss people, but you think of Ethan Weiner with his f- coverage. Uh, um, Chris ben, Newman. Ben Schaefer, Chris Newman. Oh, Newman saved our huge hide with that first Twitch, game. He the Twitch streams. And yeah. Um, ben Ben
1: is incredible with the yeah. full statement of the videos. He's I, I can't wait for his his video on. His recap's gonna be amazing. I'm excited for the recap video from him and Me all too. just all the other recap videos and yeah. videos that come and, out.
0: And just such a huge thing that I think just came out so well this year was that you came out and said, Hey, we encourage everybody to stream your own games. You know, we're gonna be doing our for our Field One streaming. We're gonna field we're gonna stream when we can, but You know, if you want to get your game streamed, you should do that yourself. And it seemed like every freaking game was streamed.
1: I don't think there was one game that wasn't streamed or filmed.
0: I I mean, it just, I I think next year, you know, something that maybe I could do as part of the committee is like try to maybe like centralize all the streams to like one list and say like, here's where you can catch these teams games. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they they did a good job about retweeting stuff because they asked, hey, let's get your links. And then we we retweeted that but it was just so insane how well covered this tournament was like you said um, and that's just I mean that's just that's thanks to all the teams because this, that goes to show how important this tournament is to people that they're that amongst all the other stuff if they're flying they're also bringing you know batteries and cameras and camera stands and stuff like that you know to help cover this tournament and it just helps so immensely um, to have that coverage from just the players not even like turn committee members or the tournament itself it's just so cool to see i know that the, the rest of the committee is super grateful for that and as just a fan of this tournament i'm so grateful for that because i know you've been watching film i've been watching film already since then it's just it's going to be a huge case of withdrawals after this and we're going to need that with video and coverage and we got it from all those amazing people who did it so thanks to all everybody with mm-hmm. that absolutely yeah all right, my second-to-last one um, is going to be the opportunity to call a co- to commentate a couple games with Foodman and Nick Schaefer. Um, I got to do the Jugs' usual suspects semifinal game with Foodman. Got to do that whole game, and that game started off so wild. Uh, the Jugs went up 4-0 in a second
2: no in that outs, game right?
0: with no outs, <laughs> and, and drove Ryan Wood from there. And uh, just to kind of be and kind of hear. His reactions to it and why he thought it was happening and I mean, he's just such a legend, he's so good at what he does Um, you know, to kind of share the booth with him was pretty special to me, Um, pretty honored to do that and you know I thought we had good chemistry and hopefully we can keep that going Um, you know, in the future I think he's just so good and then I got to do the same thing with Nick Schaefer and uh, I got to talk with Nick a lot this weekend, got to know him a lot better and he's someone that is so, he's done so much in this game for so long. You know, he's, a, he's coming up on like over 20 years, I think, of being involved in fast pitch whiffs. And um, and I know that he just, he has such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to covering these games because he covers so much with MAW and he doesn't even play all that often. So, you know, to see that kind of coverage, you know, we've seen it a lot with people um, kind of like that. And it's always so appreciated when people do that um but Nick is just such a legendary kind of live stream voice for me because I watch MAW so much and so I've heard him call so many games and I, and so to to call an inning of the championship game with him was pretty uh pretty important to me and so I really appreciate that. So uh yeah, that's something that's definitely going to stick out for me because you know, that was I went to college for that kind of stuff and so That's awesome. I'm glad you had the moment and that last game with uh
1: just being able to hear the commentary from those field one streams, I'm I'm excited to hear what that last game kind of sounds like with the different uh, different ending switches of of different people just kind of going in and out too. So hearing you and Nick and then just like Tom and yeah, you know, whoever else was there. I, um, I, I don't know oh who was in, in the first um, innings. I, I, we'll see. We'll hear when the when the video comes out.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was just it was a very similar thing to the HRL. The HRL did that for the World Series in that last night. They had different people come in the booth and they were they were nice enough to ask me to do it. And I had a lot of fun doing that. So uh, it was just a great idea. I love that kind of stuff. So yeah. All right, Austin, hit me with your final memorable moment from this weekend. I right, last moment when you kind of
1: touched on it, but I just the competition and level of play to me just really stood out. Being able to see the best football players in the world and uh, being able to see just some of the best games. I mean, easily of the year, but just some of the best games played is 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 incredible. And it's it's hard not to watch, and when you have people crowding all around one game because you know it's important, or just when you see moments happen, you you know how how much that how how much that is important, or what that means. It's it's pretty fun to watch and pretty pretty special to watch. So that's some so that that's like something our team kind of talked about a lot, and something that. We kind of hyped up to our our new players, Will and Austin, who hadn't been there previously, and and to just kind of hype it up. Like, this is going to be the best wiffle ball you've seen. And for it to live up to that expectation, as always, like, as always it does. And to just see these wiffle legends and all the vets and all the newcomers, too, who are just, like, good. And also, all the under-17. We even Mm. talk about all the under-17 teams that, like, these kids are, like, 15. They're throwing the ball hard yeah like they are like they could pitch in like there are some teams that could players or teams that could compete
0: i didn't watch now i didn't watch that tournament super closely because i was i was just walking around doing stuff but from what like every time i would watch it like i'm like most of these teams could just play in uf yeah <laughs> so like they're, they're they're pretty decent. I mean they're not gonna win it, but I mean they're like the future is so bright for this sport. It's crazy. The future
1: is bright, and the competition is gonna be just very tough. I mean, as as the sport continues continues to grow and reach more people, that are gonna just get get the edge to play and, and and get that and just grow. And especially as as young as it is happening now, it's 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 pretty special to watch.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, your yeah. last one, Trent. Yeah, um, the last one was just two specific runs from two entities um the first one i want to talk about is tyler flackney from uh from the meets aka Dolph Chaffman, aka smallpox um he's you know our minnesota guy we got to practice with him and during practice i was like man he's on another level uh like you know i haven't really seen him throw this well with cut ball before um and he was just so on with hitting and he was feeling really good he had such an incredible summer um, he grew that flow, and so he was feeling himself all summer, and it just it translated so well to the on-field success for him it, because, uh, you know, hearing about Caleb and, you know, he wasn't able to come because of some a family tragedy, uh, which is, really sucks, and, you know, our hearts super go out to him because that's way more important than wiffle ball, but, um, you know, he realized that he was, Tyler, was going to be taking on such a bigger role because Caleb wasn't going to be able to be there, and you know you could kind of tell Tyler was a little nervous because he hasn't played fast pitch all year. Um, but for him to kind of step up the way he did was just incredible to see. You know he went out and beat you with Inc. That game, one of the best games, all- yeah. on Saturday, and and to to
1: think that the meets came out of that game winning with Mike Styles. I mean Dan Whitner starting game, but Mike Styles coming in who they were wanting to save for Sunday and him throwing, like you said, 102 and just seeing that. And the thought that they to put together the runs against that is, is insane. is it was, was very, was, was really, the fact that they put, put runs together was, was really good. The meets fought really hard and they put runs together. So it just showed a lot like them coming together. And like you said, smallpox Tyler stepping up and, filling that in and just pitching an incredible game is
0: Yeah, and I mean he followed that up like he he almost caught the one run that was scored in that Jugs Meets game. Um he almost caught that ball and that would have just been so insane and I know that Tyler's going to kick himself for a long time because of that. I don't think he should because I think it was an incredible play and I think he made a great play on it. You know, it hit him in the hands, so that's I think what's gonna stick with him for a while. Mm. Yeah, just his performance all weekend and him stepping up to the plate pitching um, in those in those big games was just huge, and I'm so I'm proud of him and I'm happy for him. Mm. Um, and the other Midwest run I want to talk about is CCW, uh, the the Skull Crushers out of Indy. Those guys, um, just an amazing group of guys. You know, I love them all to death. They let me be, you know, kind of their biggest cheerleader of the weekend, be on their bench and stuff. I was fanboying, I was just fanboying all over them all weekend. Um, But it was just really cool to see them because they were so motivated coming into this because they went 0-3 last year in with, and then they won the championship and there was so much talk like, you know, behind the scenes of how this you know asterisk next to this championship because there was only 12 teams you know it wasn't strong competition even though that's completely false because you know we still had great teams out there it's still a national championship but for them to kind of back back it up and be like all right you know we're some of the first ever defending champions to come you know if not the first ever defending NWA tournament champions to come in here and play some play some you with and they and you know after especially after that 03 start they weren't on people's radar even with the national championship, but they went out there and they just crushed. They, you know, Will I Smithy, mean, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, Will Smithy, not perfect game. The national champions in that tournament, he they, perfect game. them. They hadn't lost.
1: That's the only loss in the in the last two years at UW is against CCW. Now they went seven and zero last year, and they went six and one this year. So yeah, the fact that they the this incredible run that the Jugs have gone on, they and the only every, blemish. I mean, they take every game like to the limit and yep. take it. Take it so serious that like you know they're going hard. And to, to have that and just shut them out like that is Yeah, and then that's special.
0: And then you had just the emergence of Reed Werner, and I mean this is a direct quote from Brendan Dudas, He fucking sucks with a yellow bat. And like he came through time after time after time with clutch hits this weekend. You know, whether it was game winning home runs, to to send them to the final eight. Like he's just he was so on this weekend. And then turned around and threw over 100 miles an hour again and you know i spoke with Brennan and he's he's going to be working on other stuff like he had been working on other stuff too and like we so what i'm saying is we haven't even seen the full potential or full arsenal of what reed werner has which is scary because you know he had a lot of good teams real shook Mm -hmm. out there
1: added to the list of uh, breakout players from the midwest that i know on people's radars so yeah
0: i mean this reed werner like he just he, he just showed up so completely and then Brendan Dudas, he was he finally got around to swing a walk off bat or yeah, walk off bat, uh, because it swings so much like a yellow bat mm-hmm. in B and he's such an ace with that. Um, he finally was able to come through with some big hits and he was feeling good. Like that entire team was just on a roll. And then you got their guy Witty, who was uh who was their kind of like bench player all weekend. He came in that final game, but he's he's fixing to be like probably their bracket play guy next year. Um, you know, to start off in that bracket pool play type thing.
1: Save Smithy.
0: Yeah, save Smithy and Werner. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, which is just incredible. So, if you think, like, like you, you could potentially have Will Smithy and Reed Werner completely fresh next year going into the final 24 games.
1: And now that they've experienced that, now now that's something that they can build on. And next year looking Now stronger. they know they can
0: hang with literally anybody, and yeah. they got the offense. They have the offense now. Like, it's just, they're they, they had one hit last year. As a team, they had one hit. And then they went to the final eight. So just incredible to see. And I'm so happy for them. So proud of them. Put on for the Midwest. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So thanks so much, everybody, for, for you know, hanging out at UWIF, for listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, please feel free to share your big memories. I know that they're going to be talking about it on this. I mean, we're going to be talking about it for a while, this UIF, So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was one to remember. And... <laughs> It's <laughs> just incredible. Yeah, and, and we 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 barely scratched the surface on this podcast. Like yes. I don't even know.
1: Yeah, and and obviously just a big big congrats to the Jugs too for for repeating as champs it was insane. That final game, the way it ended was yeah, it was huge. Red's, I mean, with Red hitting that
0: home run, it was it was with, off Jordan was with the year Jordan wow. has had in Red to win it with a walk off homer off of him. I can't imagine how that feels. Mm-hmm. He's this is the same guy who was on Bleacher Report couple days before i can't imagine so yeah big shout out to them shout out to everybody um thanks thanks for making such a thanks for making it such a great event and being so open and accepting of us mm-hmm. you know coming in as outsiders treating us like we're just one of the gang really appreciate it and uh yeah right we're, we're gonna come out next year i mean i'm really hoping we bring in more teams and like we got another team here in minnesota that wants to come that have been together since 03, it just, uh, I just really hope it keeps getting bigger and bigger out here in the Midwest. We're talking about having a Midwest championship tournament in early August uh, in St. Louis. This is the same tournament that they did this year at, at the, as their uh, Labor Day tournament, but because that doesn't really work out, we're scheduling for a lot of people. We're going to try to move it to early August and just get all the best the Midwest has to offer. St. Louis is a pretty central location out there for the Midwest. I mean, it's four hours from Chicago. It's like four hours from Indy. It's uh, it's just a really good place to have it. Jason Worstenholm from uh, number ten from Mo With. he runs the place, and so they got a good connection there. And I mean, I went down there. Uh, if you remember Ken Bone from the twenty sixteen election, he was there. It's a big celebrity tournament, man. So uh, yeah, so that's something to look out for next year if you're in the Midwest. Um, Nico, if you're listening to this, got to get you down there uh, to play this time and cover. But yeah, uh, so look out for that. Just fast pitch whist, man. It's awesome. It we got is. more coverage coming for you tomorrow, here on Holy Commutes. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Austin. Any last words? Ah, uh, nothing really else else to
1: say. It was just an
0: incredible tournament
1: again, and uh, thank you again for for everything. Yeah, yeah, everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I hope everyone has a great day.